All right. Would you like okay. to start this episode? Oh, yes, absolutely. Do it, bitch. Um, this is how this episode is starting. Hello. <laughs> we are recording. Oh, that yep, that's the name of the podcast. Welcome yep. to the podcast recording. <laughs> <This is, laughs> Welcome to Basic Snitches. Yes. I'm, I, I'm Adam. <laughs> Does it look on camera like I have like cleavage right here? Harry Cleavage. Yes. Very hairy. Harry Cleavage. Harry Cleavage is my drag king name. Ooh. Today we're going to be discussing chapter five of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. An excess of phlegm. phlegm. Um, It's going to be a delicious chapter today. (laughs) I was going to make like the hawk-a-loogie sound, but I'm like, I don't even want to do that for myself. No, do not do that. We might be gross in other ways, but that is where I draw the line. (laughs) That's where you draw the line, that right there. I finally got the line. There it is. There's the line, boys and girls. Like a little over five seasons, but we got there. Patreon. Here's our patrons. Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Raph. And as I say every single week, you should join that list at patreon.com slash basic snitches. Join us for $3 a month at our lowest tier to be acknowledged in every episode and get exclusive content every week. Our other tiers have a lot of great opportunities as well. For this week, I can't remember what we're doing because I'm editing this like two weeks after we recorded it because I had vacation and COVID in the middle. Spoiler alert for what I talk about maybe a little bit in our upcoming recording session. That includes chapter six, so... More than, I guess. Before we talk about chapter five, talk about winner or loser of chapter four, I wanted to see if you knew who they were, Adam. I'm just going to go with the loser is Umbridge <laughs> because that's because <laughs> I don't know who the loser would be. The winner is not quite as difficult as the loser, but I could almost see a case for any of them. I'm going to go with Dumbledore because Dumbledore got what he wanted. Chapter four is very, very difficult to find a winner or loser. Ultimately, I'm going to give Dumbledore the loss, actually. Wow, okay. It's not like he loses anything terribly. But if I was going to give someone in the chapter a loss, it's Dumbledore. And honestly, I feel like he could have just told Harry what the fuck he needed him to do. Maybe that could have gone a little better, but it still ended the way he wanted it to. So he still wins that way. But I'm giving him the loss for that reason, just because, again, he's back on his bullshit of not communicating properly. Yep. That's what our Dumble does. And the winner of the chapter, I'm going to give the Slughorn. It Um, is his chapter after all. It is his chapter. Valiant effort. And, you know, this. I also like him making the decision to come to Hogwarts is the first step in his own character's arc of becoming a better guy. Now you got my thing, right? My thing. Okay. I have an email and it's from Adam. And guess what? It's never going to say this was created on like June 7th, 100th, 1943 ever again. That's that's maybe tragic. I don't know. Yeah. My one Um, is now online, which is in the grand scheme of things, a good thing, but I don't have an easy email to tear a button anymore. So I have to copy and paste it. So rip that joke. Rip. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so chapter five, an excess of phlegm. 
Dumble brings Harry inside and pieces out. Harry is left seeing a discouraged-looking Tonks, who also follows suit. Molly then makes Harry onion soup in like five seconds in the middle of the night, and then Arthur arrives home. They discuss Arthur's new promotion as the head of the office for the detection and confiscation of counterfeit defensive spells before ushering him off to bed in the twins' old bedroom. A strange reminder that not only are the twins living it up in Diagon Alley, but in a way, their dad is overseeing the sort of magic they're there creating. Harry wakes up to Ron and Hermione, ambushing him with excitement. Soon after, Ginny arrives and they all start shit-talking Molly? Psych, nope, Fleur, aka Flem, is there to prove once again that Juicy Lucy, which is what the author's name is for this episode. Oh, I said it in this thing. I'm sorry. We can use another username for her. Since I said username, we're going to refer to her as Princess Pickle 69. Psych, nope, Fleur, aka Flem, is there to prove that once again, that Princess Pickle 69, which is what we're calling the author, hates French people. She's engaged to Bill and is super annoying. We also learn that perhaps Molly and Arthur are trying to hook up Bill with Tonks. But Tonks is too depressed because of Sirius. Oh, hey, another new rule remember that word of the day at pb's playhouse where everyone says that <laughs> that and everyone screams well sorry the- i hurt myself into confusion <laughs> i used all of it's my jokes one. this thing in the last episode it's okay here it is again it's a good joke the word of the book is serious and every time someone brings him up because princess pickle 69 is making sure that everyone brings him up awkwardly Harry wants to scream. Harry decides this is a good time to tell Ron and Hermione he has to kill Voldemort, and his friends are super supportive of him, and he feels a huge relief. But while this is happening, Hermione squeezes one of the twins' joke contraptions that were left in the room, and it punches her in the face faster than Marietta Edgecombe would seek her revenge. They go downstairs so that Molly can nurse her back to health, and the owls, figuratively and literally, fly through the window. Everyone did pretty good. Notably, though, Harry did better than Hermione in data analysis. Looks like he's going to become a researcher like he's always wanted. Oh, wait, that's right. He wanted to be an auror, and he got an E in potions, which, despite meaning exceeds expectations, means that Harry is a big old W. <laughs> I like how that gotcha. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. And he got an E in potions, which, despite meeting, exceeds expectations. <laughs> Harry is a big old d- <laughs> dummy dum dum. Why is that so funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. I mean, it Harry- says something about this, doesn't it? Oh, you can't become an aura because you exceeded expectations in potions. Because you're a big old dummy dum dum. <laughs> I did not expect that to carry the weight that it did, but I'm really, really happy about that. I have no idea why that's so funny. It was just so ironic. It's like this episode felt so warm and loving, and then it ends with, oh, Harry can't be an horror because he sucks in potions. Wait a minute. Even oh my- in potions, he's just this much worse than Hermione at it. Tonks is here. And at first I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Why is Tongs here? Why is she feeling this way? And eventually we get there. And I guess, of course, we'll talk about it when we get there. It did feel like a weird way to foray into that, though. Well, the author is not known for being the brightest. Right. But then once she leaves, she's like, ah, Harry's here. Let me tell you something. I know I talked about in the last episode wanting to clean up very quickly like they do. And then the operating as well. But if I could cook this fast, 
She like bangs a spoon on a pot and she's like, supper's ready, bitch. You want French onion soup? I got these onions from France myself. Right? Okay, if I could cook like that, maybe I would like cooking. Probably right. Not. It's not called French onion soup unless you get the onions from France. Oof. That was supposed to be a joke. Wasn't as funny as dummy dum dum. <laughs> I didn't actually know what does it require for it to actually be French onion soup. Well, it's the onions in the like deep broth. And then there's like the crouton with the cheese on it. I don't know. It's Julia Child invented it. She invented all French cooking, apparently, according to me. According to you. There's no one else who matters, right? No other names are important. Exactly. Also, <laughs> Julia Child exists in the wizarding world. So she's totally a wizard. It's fine. That is totally right. So they're just kind of like talking about catch up from the Weasleys. Arthur has a promotion. He now oversees like 10 So not just Perkins now. I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Like muggle artifacts to this like, I don't even know what it's called. I had to like look it up to make sure I got it right in my thing. But the fact that he's like cracking down on these people who are creating magical devices that are not patented or whatever the case might be. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I love that he has, but can we talk about how wordy the name of that office is it is when i was writing it in my thing i was thinking about that like this is not an office that really this is why acronyms exist and i hate acronyms they're the actual worst although let's also talk about something very important that happens before he comes in well i guess they're talking about the promotion and then all of a sudden she's looking at her demon clock (laughs) which i only say because everyone's in mortal peril and she sees oh He's traveling now. He'll be here here in two seconds because apparition exists. (laughs) He's like, what's the secret password? Oh my God. And it's so awkward because it starts with like, is this really fun thing you're learning about Arthur? Like, oh, he wants to learn how airplanes work. Adorable. So what I wrote for both of those is that, okay, we have evidence that physics doesn't (laughs) exist in the magic world. That's not something from our curriculum episode that they're ever going to learn. And then the one for Molly is basically that's uh-huh. big, bouncy, juicy, milk and titties. <laughs> Molly and wobbles, like, baby. Oh Molly wobbles. Molly wobbles all the time, no matter what. Molly. She always be wobbling. Poor Harry. He's like, um, I, I didn't ask to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I No, thank you. <laughs> He's been through so much that at this point, this is not him, you know? He's just he, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> he's got this handled. <clears throat> this is also where, though, they use, like, Arthur's new promotion to bring up the twins. Like, oh, this seems like an invention that the twins could have done, etc. Which we then see two seconds later when they're like, oh, you're staying in the twins' bedroom because they are now at Diagon Alley. Mm-hmm. This was an element of this book that I forgot about. You know, I talked again in the last episode about how when I think of the sixth book, I think a lot of the Slughorn stuff. But the fact that we have Weasley's Wizard Wheezes now is another great thing about this book that I completely forgot mm-hmm. about. I have not read this book in so long, so I'm just excited to like rediscover all of that. They do a little bit of gossipy stuff. We didn't talk about this in the last chapter about how Harry asked Dumbledore Hey, I heard that Fudge got sacked. Oh, yeah, I guess that is true, too. Because then they start talking a little bit about Rufus. Yeah, Mrs. Weasley brings him up. They're literally just having a conversation. When she's telling Harry about Arthur's promotion, she's like, yeah, this is what it is. And it's just a very mature conversation, I feel like. 
where she's telling him about all of what Arthur does and she brings up purpose. This is another thing I really like here though, is that they are showing that at least the world is changing around them based on mm-hmm. the situation at hand. That brings up another thing, you know, we had even like scoffed a little bit at the thing in chapter three that was your guide for surviving things or whatever. Right. That's brought up as well as almost being like, did it comfort you? Did it make you feel better? Not necessarily, but then again, this is a little bit different. This is Harry freaking Potter, etc. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good to know a lot of those little details for sure. So yeah, he goes to take probably a five minute nap is what it sounds like <laughs> in the twins room. Yeah. Remind me of like they're in this business. Okay, I'm sorry. You don't know what time you got in. Why are you in this room? Yeah. Why are you waking them up? Well, they're teenagers. I think that's the okay. answer. I spent the night at my best friend's house a lot when we were in high school. We didn't like wake each other up. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't remember doing that. I don't know. Anytime I did sleepover, same sort of thing. If you're at someone else's house, you just sit around until they wake up because yeah. cell phone, <laughs> you know? that's the other thing throughout this chapter. I had to keep reminding myself that Harry came to the bro in the middle of the night because when she's making him soup, I'm like, is this breakfast? There is one point, speaking <clears throat> of this, where actually let's just talk about it now. Ginny is talking shit about Fleur, who is of course Flem. And at one point, Molly comes up and is like, hey, Ginny, come help me with lunch. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't you just serve him breakfast? Like maybe they did let him sleep in enough. Although then again, they did also say it was like barely nine and she's already making lunch. So I don't know, maybe their whole like time is fucked up, especially if Arthur is coming home from work at like midnight because those hours are terrible. That's the thing about this chapter is that time is a bad thing. What I wanted to bring up in that case is the pure amazing sass of Ginny once she does come in. She's amazing, yeah. She's obviously talking shit about Fleur, but when Molly comes up and is like, come help me with lunch, aka come down here so I'm not alone with this French bitch. Ginny's like, y'all better fucking come downstairs. Well, at first she's like, I'm talking to these motherfuckers, mom. Can't you see I'm having a conversation? (laughs) Which I was like, yes, Ginny. She's great. Yeah. And then she's like, no, get down here. And then she's like, if you all don't come downstairs, I will end you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is like after they come in and greet Harry, Ginny joins and that's when they're talking shit. And it sounds like who else would they be talking about? It's just Molly, right? Right. And then I was even a little bit surprised because I guess I didn't remember this or even like make the connection with the title. There was something that clicked or it's like, oh my God, it's Fleur. Like they started talking about the most beautiful woman ever or whatever, probably. And that's when I was like, ah, yes, that's right. This is where Fleur comes in. Yes. And everyone is so mean. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I get it. That she's written a very annoying way which makes sense for Princess Pickle 69 because we know that she hates the French, as I said, but she's not doing anything harmful per se. No, she has, in my opinion, done nothing to warrant this kind of attitude from like, okay, if Ginny wants to be like that because Ginny is, you know, annoyed and younger sister or whatever, okay. But the fact that Hermione is like, yeah, I hate this. And then Mrs. Weasley... And I'm like, come on, because she's pretty. Is this why we're mad? Right. 
Well, and there's a couple things with that too. The one thing near the end when they're talking about owls and Fleur is like, oh, we did it better at Bobaton because we have French well, do everything better. That was one thing. I mean, she's not wrong. I feel like it's definitely better to wait after the sixth year, but- You're probably right. <laughs> yes, in both that and then also Hogwarts got its problem. So there is that, but it isn't written and it's likely because these other characters are getting up on Fleur. It isn't written in a great way, you know? It's no. a way to make her look annoying. The other thing, of course, is that when they acknowledge, yes, she is engaged to Bill, we learn a little bit more about why Tonks may have been there, that they're trying to get her to stay over so that they can hook Tonks up with Bill instead. And they even say some stuff about Tonks that is like, well, no one would ever look at Tonks if Fleur is around. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody's like, yeah, but Tonks is way more nice or has a better personality or whatever. Even though Fleur isn't doing anything wrong, I will stand by that. In a fuck, Mary kill, oh, yeah. I'd definitely be choosing Tonks over Fleur. It's Ron who says the no bloke in his right mind is going to fancy Tonks when Fleur is around. Harry's defense of Fleur is so innocent and perfect when he says Fleur's not stupid. She's good enough to enter the Triwizard Tournament. And then they're just like, oh, you must like her because, and I was like, come on guys, we are out of control with this hate on this poor girl. It's not set up in a great way for Fleur to come into the scene in any possible. No. That's, that's yeah. the main thing, you know, which, I mean, what did we expect, I guess, you know, I do think that there are times in the future in the series where Fleur gets her stars, but here we are still on this like French theme. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Then they start talking about Sirius and Tonks. And once again, Sirius comes up. So that's the moment where everybody stops what they're doing and screams. One other thing that came up here too is they revealed that Bill is a curse breaker. I feel like that is major. That's gotta be a hard job, right? Yeah. Why well, is it Gringotts? When I read this, I wasn't entirely convinced by that. Is that really why she's moping? No, I'm sure why? it doesn't help. Why is she moping? Because... She's depressed because she wants to be in a relationship with a certain werewolf who's like, no, bitch, you can't. Okay, because they even mention at one point- We don't get that clarified till literally the end of the book. Yeah, because at the beginning of the chapter, there's something even that is said that's like, oh, we'll invite Moody and Lupin over. And she is like cuddling away, like she doesn't even want to deal with it. That's pretty much what it is. But I, I'm sure that there's a lot of heaviness weighing on her with the death of Sirius. I don't think it has anything to do with her being his cousin because, again, they didn't ever really have a relationship. She's a good person who would absolutely be affected by the death of someone like that. And then this is where Harry tells Ron and Hermione that Dumble's going to give me lessons and also the prophecy is actually right and I got to kill Goldie. Yeah, so my first question, to follow up on my question about Tonks, what are these lessons? Because I don't remember this either, but of course what came to mind immediately was occlumency, which he's already struck down, and the private lessons that Lupin gave him regarding the Dementor and Expector Patronum, but he already knows that, obviously. Not that either of those make sense here. So the lessons are literally the sessions in which they when Dumbledore teaches Harry Voldemort's history. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what the lessons that's exciting, are. exciting, honestly. Yeah. Um, and they don't really get to talk about it much because Hermione is looking through the twin shit and she gets herself punched in the face. Yeah, so then when he mentioned that about the prophecy, 
the fact that it comes up so like sudden and he just does it despite Hermione getting punched in the face which of course it's almost like uh what's her name fantasy pickles Pickles. (laughs) yes Oh, no, you can call her Fantasy Pickles. Fantasy Pickles. Fantasy Pickles. (laughs) Princess Pickles 69. Putting that there almost like to break the tension. But there wasn't like any tension to break because then Harry immediately feels this relief that I'm like, oh my God, crazy for me to say, but it feels like these are things that are good for his mental state that are happening. (laughs) Yes, that is good for his mental state. But God forbid we do that. We think about how that works. That is actually quite nice the way that happens. This scene really harkens back to a lot of those scenes in book five where they're in the bedroom at Grimmauld Place. And that's where it feels like people are overthinking, where they're not thinking rationally, where they're taking things more personally, etc. And this feels like the complete opposite. It's a weird parallel, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. And my favorite is that they're like, oh, you might have told us. And then Harry's like, oh, yeah, by the way, owls. And they're like mad at him. And I was like, well, first of all, you woke the fucker up. (laughs) Then you like berated him with questions. Then you bitch about Fleur. You have to give him a chance to tell you any of this shit yet. So calm down. Yeah. Also, yeah, your owls are coming today. And I kind of think that's exciting. Like, why is Hermione like worried about it? It, Because she's Hermione and she thinks that she has to be perfect. It's a weird little insecurity that she has. The rest of us are like, Hermione, you're going to be great. There's nothing to worry about, clearly. But obviously what happens when this time occurs, and it's about what we would expect. Yeah. And he's in the middle, you know? Except for, hold on, hold on. It's not about how we expect. Let's be clear. How do you get an acceptable in astronomy? They didn't finish that fucking test. Well, they didn't finish that test, but I don't know. It's astronomy. Maybe he did well enough on the first part of it. Sure. And that's the one class they didn't really focus on. So I guess it makes sense for him to get an acceptable. I that passed passed that over. Yeah. I think that we expected him to not get an E in potions, but it sets us up to be like, Harry's not terrible at potions. He got an E. That's really great, honestly. Especially because the way that Snape fucking Yeah, Snape is bullshit. So and then, you know, Hermione, who got an O and everything except Defense Against the Dark Arts. Also, History of Magic. Troll either is not actually a grade or Harry didn't have to do, because he didn't answer a single fucking question in that class. Yeah. So when I reread this and I saw that Troll was an option and was reminded, <laughs> it's kind of funny seeing it laid out in that way. Of like, yeah. You can be because poor and you can be, what? what's the other one that's bad? Dreadful. Dreadful. You can be dreadful, but otherwise you're a troll. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It seems really just weird and out of place. Yeah, I just feel like yeah, if that was a real thing, Harry would have gotten it because he didn't answer a single fucking question yeah. in it his must magic. Just be not real. You know, when I guess you think about it, there's like five main scores in our grading scales, A, B, C, D, F. Maybe it really is one of those like things that they put on there to, I don't know boost the curve or something i don't know it's hogwarts one like little detail in the curriculum to acknowledge okay you guys under a lot of stress at this very highly dangerous school where we have unrealistic expectations let's make it a curve by making there uh, be a fake grade at the bottom that no one ever gets or something like that. right must be so. i just don't see how harry could have done that well if he didn't answer a fucking question 
more than anything, I think the Graydon potions shows that he is capable. He is a capable person despite what Snape says. Absolutely. Because he gets an E in Transfiguration and Charms as well. Um, and Care Magical Creatures. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit par for the course. I should say it's what we expected here on this yeah. podcast. You're right though, like to like a new reader or something, it probably would come off as a little bit surprising. Now the other two scores, the reaction and everything makes a lot of sense. Like I said, the notable thing where Harry is better at Defense Against the Dark Arts than Hermione, which tracks, I mean, he was the professor of Dumbledore's army. Exactly, yeah. But then also Ron doing like slightly worse than Harry, but also his lovely mother, who is one of the best people ever, still being supportive of him. And yes, which is so nice. You know, she wasn't terribly supportive of the twins. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing. I I didn't think about this until right now. Her last three children since Ron, one of them is not talking to the family, which they do bring up again. And then these other two kind of went in a completely different way. So she may feel like she isn't having as much control as a mother. That's why I imagine is maybe part of this. We don't want to make the same sort of mistake that we made with Percy and the twins. Who knows? That's a good point. And Ron did pretty well. I understand that Ron did better than the twins, but again, it's not how we should be looking at it. Especially when you think of it that way too, like, that even maybe takes like some of Molly's worry about it. It's just, oh, wait, you didn't do as bad as the twins. But my yeah. mind almost thinks let's give Molly the benefit of the doubt that she is just, you know, being happy for her son. and for- Yeah, not not being encouraging, Yeah, which is always a possibility. And really the other thing I have to say about the chapter is at the very end, speaking of like doubts and, and everything, is Harry being like oh but i still can't be an orc because i got an um oh, i know the dummy dum-dum um, he's a dummy dummy dum-dum <laughs> good job harry <laughs> you're so stupid for exceeding expectations now right? but my question is and i know i should know this because it was in the last book but that exceeds expectations was basically the floor for snape so basically it was you have to get an outstanding in snape's class yeah so it's not in order to become an auror this was snape's thing and then of course yes. we probably have some alluding to the fact that slughorn is becoming the potions teacher but it's not like been flat out revealed <laughs> no they all assume that he's going to be the new defense against the dark arts teacher so a little twist that actually works out in harry's favor in yeah. a big way considering the name of the book <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to make up a game really fast because if you recall in the last episode, we both did the exact same game. We are going to do word collaboration. Oh, God. And we both have even internet connections. So I think this might work a little bit better this time, hopefully. (laughs) So hopefully my internet's going to be like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You think this is going to work out for you, bitch? Let's see. Okay, I'm going to name a few characters in this chapter because there's a lot of characters that are reintroduced here. Okay. And we are going to say the first thing that comes to our head. Okay. Now remember, one, two, three, say the name. Yeah, I'm really bad at counting. I know. All right. (laughs) Because I'm a dummy (laughs) dum-dum. All right. The first character is Nymphadora Tonks. One, two, three. Horror. What'd you say? Think horror. 
I mean, I can only think of one thing that those two actually might work for. <laughs> Ready? One. Oh, sure. Three. Tom. Umbridge is death. Oh. Well, <laughs> okay, you make a good point. Tom. Yeah, I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let an or kill her. Yeah. I'm sure that that's not allowed, but I don't care. So now that it's Tonks and Umbridge's death. Okay. One, two, three. Centaur? Happiness. Centaur happiness. Okay, this is better. This is better. All right. Then, okay, I'm channeling a message to you, Tara. One, two, three. Divin- Adam's birthday. Divination. <laughs> Adam's birthday. Okay, let's try one more because I have a potential word for this. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Three hero cards. <laughs> Here's the thing, you know I'm a pie person. <laughs> Let's move on to another cake. <laughs> okay. Our next character is Fleur de la Cour. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, French. French. You did it. We there was it. may have been a little bit of a delay there, and even if you faked it, it's okay because we win. Oh no, it was French. I, that was what <laughs> I was gonna say, and you know it. <laughs> All right, let's do one more character. Fuck. Okay. And this time it is Percy, who is mentioned. Okay. But okay. All right. One, two, three. Gay. <laughs> what did you say? I said loser. Oh, gay loser. <laughs> Well, I didn't mean to attack myself, but here we are. <laughs> okay, who are we going to read today? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm just going to do this to try to, like, get us into our world here, okay? All right, ready? Oh, shit. Gay loser. One. Okay. Two. Three. Sad. Jackson. <laughs> but now we have Rhino Jackson and Sad to work with. Rhino Jackson isn't a gay loser. I know, but I had to come up with a gay person. And <laughs> so we've got Rhino Jackson and Sad. Maybe this is not as easy as I thought. Okay, I got something. Ready? Uh, One, no. two, three. Cedric's death. Single. <laughs> okay. Jackson, okay. Sad single. Cedric's okay. death and single. Okay? Okay. There okay. is a clear answer for this. Yes, yes, there Ready? is. One, two, three. Show. Show. Yes. God, we are horrible humans. No, we aren't. We won the game. We're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we have to like work through Brian O. Jackson to get to show. Uh, I can't wait to get texts from Brian O. Jackson like right now when this is live, of course. So. Okay, so the movie, the only thing we really get is Dumble just dropping Harry off in the fucking middle of nowhere. In a fucking pond. Come on, Dumbledore. You're going back to the little wedding tonight. Sploosh. Also, like, like, sploosh. Here's the thing. You didn't tell the fucking Weasleys, and, like, you sent Harry's shit there, and then they do this, like, whole gag where everyone's like, oh, is Harry here? Is Harry here? No one told me Harry was coming, and they're like, it's a nice surprise. And I was like, it wasn't a surprise. It was fucking planned. What the hell? And also, like, why did you leave Harry in a fucking bog? I want to shake Dumbledore. Come on, man. I'm a little bit torn because the shots of the burrow are beautiful during this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, how you can see it. the rafters. I don't exactly like that, that Molly doesn't know that Harry's arriving. No, that, I don't like that. 
fit well with me. Like it makes like people it. seem like more of an asshole. But like the way that Ginny walks into like the living room and she sees all the stuff, get those beautiful shots. And then Harry comes in and everyone comes and hugs Harry. This is like the scene of Molly where she like grabs his face and stuff where you mm-hmm. get wonderful motherly thing. It's so nice. I do like that. I just, I think it's so dumb that we've decided that we don't know Harry's coming now. It just doesn't make sense to me. <sighs> That's the thing that doesn't make sense to me either. Here's the thing. They could easily have made it in a way that Molly is like, oh yeah, I forgot or something. Molly knows. Molly knows that Harry is on the way. Something. Exactly. Because then after they greet him and stuff, obviously there's no flur, whatever. I mean, they save it to the next book so they don't like completely cut it, which is yeah. Fun. Um, I think maybe at this moment they didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Yep, of course they didn't because that's what they like to do. (laughs) No planning whatsoever. But then they have this conversation in their bedroom. It's kind of makes up things from earlier. Like people are saying that Dumbledore is getting older because I was like, that's not something that they say necessarily in the book, but there are parts of that that have come They up. do. They do say that in the book. Oh, in this scene? Not like in the way that they do in the movie where they're like, well, you know, Dumbledore's getting older. Well, no, I guess I'm just thinking of when Slughorn calling him out. There are moments like that. And there are moments where like it comes up in the book in the Bellatrix <clears throat> the Snape thing. This scene that's something they added in and I think it's probably because that's an important detail that they didn't have in that original scene. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Otherwise the scene kind of moves forward in the way that we want it to. I don't think he mentions the prophecy in the movie. No, not here. In fact, I don't know if he does it until like way later. I think it's later. Which kind of sucks. I mean, as long as it's something that happens before the seventh movie, that's all that really matters. Because that's when... That's all. And at the beginning of this scene in the bedroom, I was like, what the fuck is on the table? And then later when you realize that it's like a floating, like levitating, burning, crumpled up Daily Prophet. I was like, okay, I don't really understand why, but I guess it's kind of cool. As a whole, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. There are definitely moments of this that I really, really enjoy. The hominess, of course, it does its job. We don't get the owls either, which I think are important probably to bring up at some point. I think we could have gotten the owls. I don't know why we don't get them, honestly. That could have been a little like 30 seconds of them like untying a thing from an owl's leg really quick. Oh, Hermione looking disappointed that she got an E in in Defense Against the Dark Arts. Right. Harry realizing, oh, I got an E in potions, which means I'm not going to be able to take potions here. They don't talk about him being an Auror in the fifth movie anyway, so. That's true, too. That's true, too. So it is what it is. I do quite like just the visuals and the feel of the movie, though, so. Oh, God, yes. There are definitely elements that I see that foul the book enough. As always, I just want more. That's my big Yeah, it's always what I want. Again, very, very simple. I give 15 points to most people. Molly, Ginny, Ron, Hermione, and Harry. All for sort of different reasons. They're supportive of Harry. Harry opens up about the prophecy. Ginny's sass. Molly is Molly, Tonks is Tonks. There's some negative things here and there, but everybody in this chapter two is written, I think, so authentically. I agree. 
I was going to say in the last chapter, it's not as authentic, but it is in the book. It's authentic. It's I'm thinking of the movie, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it does still throw me off that Hermione is like also shitting on Fleur. That's a little weird for me still. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I don't know. Maybe Vila's give off some like negative energy towards women or something. I don't know. I mean, that could very well be it. Now, speaking of Fleur, I was going to take some points away from her. I'm actually not going to. She doesn't do anything wrong. Sure, she's annoying, but I think that as we discussed, it's more of how Pickle Princess 69 wrote about it. Uh, so the only person who gets negative points taken away is Percy because he's still being a fucker. Yeah, he is being a fucker and we need him to not... Next time, we will be discussing chapter six of the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, which is something about Draco. Draco's detour. Oh, I was about to say Draco's big day or something like that. Draco's big day. (laughs) Draco's day out. No, that doesn't happen until the very end of this book. So that's that. We're making- That is that. We've already read our first 100 pages of this book. How? How did that happen? Well, this session was 50 of that. So (laughs) that's probably why these chapters are fair. We're still building in this book. There's a lot of foreshadowing. There's a lot of hearkening back, things like that. I think that's probably why we'll get into some new stuff coming up. I was just remembering what happens in the next chapter and like just where that's going to go. Excited for that. I do not remember because I'm like... What's Draco doing? Aren't we going to Diagon Alley or something? We but are. We'll find that out next time. I can't wait. Cool. We'll catch you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!